Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Zenway Podcast. I'm your host Zenway. On this podcast, we talk everything about life, career, and tech. Today, we're going to be speaking to a well-decorated marketer. Uh, you know, she's won awards, and you know, she's been with a lot of international brands and also well-loved local brands as well. And you know, she she now she's now taking a very uh, special path, I would say. So I, I can't wait to uh, you know have a conversation with her. Uh, we knew each other actually through an interview process, believe it or not, right? Because you know, at that point of time, I think we was she was also considering different paths as well. So we crossed paths then, uh, and it was really interesting to see her path. Uh, uh, to to has taken shape to what it is today. Uh, so without further ado, maybe I'll pass the time back to you, Rachel, to you know quickly introduce yourself to the audience. Okay, thanks, Zenway. <laughs> um, so hi guys, uh, my name is Rachel. Uh, it's been a while since my last interview. All <laughs> catch up. So <laughs> funny how life turns out sometimes. Yes, right? <laughs> yes. So I'm I'm very honored to be here in this show that you are hosting. Um, so I've been a marketer for the past uh, thirteen years or so. I have always been working in startups all the way to um, the growth stage and then, you know, becoming corporate. Uh, I've dealt in media, in influencer marketing and e-commerce, working in Shopee, as well as uh, in beauty. The most recent uh, corporate role would be in L'Oreal, uh, as well as working with startups like Oxwhite and D2C brands. Uh, I also do consulting on the side with brands. And today I have uh, built my own startup. Um, It's called The Nerds. I'll be sharing a little bit more later. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, Rachel. I think, uh, when I when I first you know spoke to you and you know saw your profile, I think one thing that kind of jumped out to me was really the brand that I actually bought a lot from, which is Oxide. I don't know whether you remember me sharing this, uh, but I actually bought a lot of things from Oxide, so I was pretty excited to kind of speak to you in terms of trying to understand, you know, how 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 they operate as well, right? So I was wondering in terms of I I guess you mentioned quite a few phases, right? I think you started with. Uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of like an online media company as well, uh, and it was Nafnang, which was well way back, way back then, right? Yeah, this was when blogging was, bam, the biggest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two thousand nine, I think, or two thousand ten. Yeah, right? I remember that. You know, I also tried to kind of jump on the bandwagon because that at that point of time, it was really the beginning of, you know, being able to earn some money through. You know, just putting a Nafnang, uh, you know, logo and stuff. blog advertising. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I was wondering, you know, throughout the evolution of your career, uh, through all these kind of different brands, right? What are some of the, I guess, the key lessons that, uh, you you can share with, I guess, marketers or you know, like in aspiring marketers, right? Because you've seen so many different kinds of like, I guess, more B two C kind of markets, right? Mm. Yeah. Um. So to start off, I think. <clears throat> Sorry, I've had the opportunity to work with uh, some of these brands from yeah. when they were really, really new yeah. in the market. Um, so Oxwhite included, uh, Shopee included. And I think being able to learn while working and while building is something that I had the opportunity to do. Mm. Uh, and so I think a lot of the lessons that I've learned uh, in the different roles, including things like A-B testing, uh, trying different ways to acquire customers, retain customers, uh, scaling through different methods, whether it's paid or organic, through different pillars. Um, and I think uh, one of the key things was really to to say, hey, you know, how do we adapt to constant changes? Mm. And it's like, oh, you know, your competitor is launching this. What do you do now? And we are still learning. Um, take take for for example, on I mean, when we were new in Shopee, this was in twenty sixteen, I think, when we were in office here. Um, we were literally like a B to B to C app, you know, like a yeah. marketplace, uh, very similar to like uh Carousel back then, or I'm sold, you know, I don't know if you remember that yeah. I'm sold yeah. or Eleventh Street, 
Yes, 11th oh, Street. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. We, we had to learn a lot. I remember my first um my first week in, it was like, hey, you know, it's Chinese New Year. Come, let's build a Chinese New Year campaign. And I'm like, okay, what is that supposed to cover? <laughs> you know the usual Chinese New Year items, but... You like, ampao, you know, like yeah, cookies, yeah. etc. So yeah. I'm like, okay, let's work. And back then, it was like, I think 30 of us in, in the Malaysian office, including everybody. Right. Uh, and in marketing, it was just a handful of us. So we tried to figure it out. I tried to test it out. And then we saw a few orders. And we're like, wow, okay, so we're excited. Right. And then fast forward, maybe six months to one year down the road, it's like, bam, you know, things change so fast. Yeah. Uh, I think back then, the, the, the biggest player was uh, Lazada, mm-hmm. who was, uh, you know, who, who had the, the first hit. First mobile advantage, advantage, right? Yeah. And they had the um, they had a lot of brands on the platform. So mm. we were like, wow, you know, like that they're huge, right? And we are we are nowhere close, you know, back then. And and I think from that to maybe one year down the road, being like the top three shopping app mm. and then chasing our way and growing our way so fast, getting the downloads, etc. I think that was very exciting. Right. Um things that I've learned, you know, including things like being agile, right? Mm. So for example, if uh, this happens uh, what do we do? Uh, shall we try? Shall we cut? Cut right. fast? Scale fast? Right. Um, so the, that, that mindset was very important. Uh, the team was very important mm-hmm. because the, you can't be moving alone and then expecting the team to also you know, not move, right? To yeah. get things done. Uh, yeah. So I'll give you an example. One of mm-hmm. the most memorable, uh, I think, social content was, yeah. I think there was a few years ago, there was a I think there was a news on the ostrich on Federal Highway or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know if you remember. And, and we saw this like, uh, sites covering it and then we were like, oh, okay, what do we do? And then we were thinking, okay, let's create a meme. So we had a meme of our free shipping truck right. um, and an ostrich chasing after it. Saying, <laughs> so, hey, no, don't forget, don't lose the good deals. Right. So it was things like that that was very fun, very memorable. Yeah. So to me, the lesson there is, you know, don't take everything so seriously. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's about trying as well, uh, and people loved it. And then we kind of found our humor in that sense, and our social content became more uh, engaging. Uh, and we kind of knew what kind of content people like, right. for example. And that's how we learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't from the day one where we we're like, "Hey, we're gonna do this A B C D E," you know. Right. And and very often things don't go the way we plan, mm-hmm. right? So so that's that's number one. And I think number two is uh, don't be afraid to fail. And keep trying. Right. Um, being in a in a startup environment, I think as you know yourself as mm-hmm. well, it's yes. it's not being afraid to keep trying, keep finding out, you know, what's working, what's not working, and if it doesn't work, let's just try something else, right? right? Uh, and I think that uh, that it takes a certain mindset or team to achieve that or to and to think like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the very key thing. Right. Uh, and everything that we do, I think one thing that I've learned also is we have to set very clear goals very mm. clear whether short term or long term goals are very clear objectives like you know if you're going to do a b c d what is a b c d going to achieve for us uh, mm. versus doing it blindly la. yeah so very often uh, even me while consulting a lot of brands um they they know they want to achieve zach but they're like oh okay i want to achieve zach how much does it cost to get me there you know <laughs> <laughs> so for me i don't have the answer for you right yeah. um so so it's a lot of uh Let's do A and B, and then if A and B doesn't work, let's do C, right? And right. C doesn't work, we have D. There's always a plan, there's always a backup, and there's always a way mm. to get things done. Um, so that's kind of what I've learned, at least in e-commerce. Uh, right. And then, of course, on the other hand, your favorite brand, Oxide, yeah. right? So <laughs> I had the opportunity to work with CK, the founder. Yeah. Uh, this was, I think, maybe two, three years ago. Yeah. Um, and they were about two years old. And it was a brand that people really love. Yeah. Uh, people really love because they could relate to the brand. Right. right? And it was about, you know, um, I think the retention rate was one of the highest I've ever seen mm. uh, in any brand. Yeah. So every month, you would have maybe six, to, six out of ten people coming right. back. 
yeah. to buy uh, for that. It's crazy, right? Because, you know, look at where they started, right? It was only with one white shirt, yes. right? Yes. And I, probably that's why it's named Ox White, you know, because it was just a white shirt, right? So the story is, yeah. um, I'll leave CK to share his story, yes, yes, but yes, like yes. from what I know, yeah. uh, you know, yes, they started off with one white shirt. Yeah. Uh, and from the white shirt, people were people really loved the, the quality yeah, of the shirt and how it was made affordable. Mm-hmm. I think that was the key thing, right? It's consumers today are, are smart. Yes. Um, they have access to everything, right? Yeah. So to me, it's it's how do they how do they shop and get the quality that they want mm-hmm. at affordable price? Yeah. Uh, no longer like those days uh, when I have to go to the mall only go and yeah. touch and feel the material. Mm-hmm. Um, and because online they have the you know they have the they have the customer service that is almost twenty four seven, talking to you. They have videos. They have reviews of other other buyers mm-hmm. sharing their review, like yourself. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah, you yeah. you talk about how how the oxide material feels on you, etc. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we had a lot of customers when we started off who like you, yourself, um, buy a lot. My husband included. <laughs> He's yeah. got all the colors of the oxide <laughs> crew nighty. Everyone loved it. Yeah. Um, but the lesson here, I think, is to really yeah. listen to the community, uh-huh. the buyers. Um, so how oxide started with we had a community of um very loyal customers and uh, first early supporters mm. and every time we launch a new product we will ask them for feedback oh. yeah ask them for feedback or ask them about colors that they want um, and then get that feedback and we try to produce it to, mm. f- to meet the demand right. uh, and I think I guess over time this helped uh, us build a very strong community um, and so when we launch new category of product etc it just flew like Right, so I think one lesson here for everyone would be then, or including me, it's it's price and promotion can only get you that far, mm. right? It's it's really about how do you build something sustainable, a community or um, a follower base that's sustainable that you could engage with, um, who would stay loyal to the brand or at least your brand values. Uh. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's a that, I, that's a good I guess place to kind of. Uh, you know, conclude that question and and jump to the next. Right, it's a good segue because, uh, you know, wanting to kind of respect your time, I I wanted to kind of understand as much as possible about you and you know the way you think, right? And on your LinkedIn profile, you talk about helping Malaysians to buy better instead of buying more. And I guess, I guess Seth, Seth Godin, which is I guess one of the 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 the, the marketing guru, also talked about you know like it there then it reaches a point where you know. Marketing needs to evolve, right? It's not just about consumerism anymore. And I, you know, like you said, the consumers are not are, are, are smart people, yeah. right? So you know how can how can you know brands incorporate this kind of like purpose driven marketing and you know create like meaningful connection, right? You mentioned just now around you know connecting with the community, you know listening to them. I'm I'm wondering if there's anything else that I guess along in your career that you've you've kind of saw that you know it's really you know incorporating a purpose driven kind of like marketing, right? Um, so, so based on my experience, I think, uh, talk about a few steps, right? Number one, I think as a brand, if I want to go down this route, it's about identifying your core beliefs. Mm. I feel like in the case of Oxwide, yeah. you're very strong in making something that is pricey, affordable, mm. so that the regular Malaysians can enjoy it, right? Mm. Uh, and making sure that they don't cut on quality. That's number one. Uh, and then sustainability in terms of, you know, making sure that the material that we're using is good for the environment, etc. and all that. So from day one, um, Using Oxwhite, they they are they, they know what they believe in and, and continuously we're creating products that meet that that core values, right? right. Number one. And number two, I think it's about <clears throat> being authentic. Mm, <laughs> yeah, I think it's sure. very important yeah. to be authentic. So yeah. I I mean we've seen so many marketing campaigns, yeah. billboard, yeah. digital ads, videos, YouTube videos, yeah. etc. and TVCs. I think being authentic is something that is very, very super important. It's at the core of right. any any um 
any any brand that wants to grow and scale because then you anything that you're doing it's very consistent your values are very consistent what you're shouting is very consistent and consumers like you say are, are you know they are also they are your buyers right and they are also maybe they are also people who are working for other brands etc and all that people know what it is you know um so to me quickly i think they can quickly spot in insincerity <laughs> in a brand uh if the brand is not very sincere and just trying to get your money lah yeah, right yeah, um yeah. so that's that's my my thinking uh and i think uh lastly would be really to understand your audience mm. right and like any marketing campaigns uh really understanding who they are what they are not not just the demographics of age gender location right it's also going beyond understanding what their interest is uh for example if i'm targeting moms mm. you know what do mothers like or or dislike what challenges do they go through uh, what's in the daylight of a mom? Go and talk to a focus group of moms. You know, uh, ask them about where do they buy their products. What uh, what do they feel is the what where's the gap right in where they're trying to get their products or content, for example. And, and I feel all that understanding will help the brand um develop if they don't have a core value already to right. develop that. Uh, yeah. and then consistently try and position and be consistent across all their messaging. Right. Yeah. So that I think would be a very first step mm. um, to get that. Yeah. Like I'm, we've we've ran a few like user interviews, uh, you know, when when we were at Thoughtful as well. I'm curious to also see, you know, what when when you run like user interviews of groups, right? What what are some of the deeper questions that you would ask to really really understand, uh, you know, the group of audience as well? Right? Because sometimes user interviews, I've attended some as well, and I I felt like it's not deep enough because like you're just asking very surface questions that you could have just Googled, you get what I mean? Like, uh, I'm curious in terms of like maybe one or two questions that perhaps will help you kind of like go a little bit deeper. Uh, take, for example, maybe your, your latest venture, which we'll talk about later in a little bit, right? So if you were to run a kind of like focus group for, for, for the nerds, for example, what are some of like perhaps deeper questions you would ask to really understand their psyche, right? Um, so I'll, I'll, it's a good question because yeah. I, I, uh, this is a book that we recently just published. Yeah. Um, parents, parents Promise. Listening, it's, it's called A Parent's, a parents Promise. promise. Yeah. yeah. So we self-published it on yeah. the nerds. Um, yeah. so when we were writing this book, um, the story behind it was, yeah. uh, we read a lot of bedtime story to our children. Yeah. I've got three kids. Uh, I'm a mom of three kids. Yeah. Uh, and my eldest is about four and a half, turning five soon. So, um, my husband was reading a story to her and then. She was asking her, like, hey, you know, uh, if, if mommy and daddy were to write you a, a book or produce a book, what would you like the book to be about? Mm. Uh, and she said, I want to know what mommy and daddy's roles are in, in my life. Mm. You know, and that sparked... Uh, That's a really yes. deep question for a four to five years old. Yeah, wow. so, so I guess the relationship that we have is we, we try to communicate and try to ask questions wow. and have discussions, yeah. ready discussions with mm. our children. Um, and so I think that sparked that idea in us and we are thinking... Yeah, uh, we buy we buy a lot of books uh, ah. for children and bought books la, cloth books la, all kinds of books, you know. Yeah. Um, and they are not cheap. And then to find a book that has values about something like what she's talking about, mm. um, we couldn't find one. Right. Yeah. So then in the end, my husband Adrian decided to write it. Wow. So he wrote it. Uh, he's not a writer. He's a marketer right. as well. Right. <laughs> um, and I I produced it. And mm. I I I think this is one of the learning curve as well because I've never. I've never published a book in my life. Right. Yeah. So to me, it was okay. How do we publish a book? We write it already. Go look for illustrator. Um. Find a style that I like, and then look for how to get the ISBN number, the code. How do you get it published? What are the do's and don'ts? Uh. How do you distribute it, etc. And all that. Right. 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 So, uh, I had to study all that, and that to me was very exciting because it was learning all over again. Right. Like mm. how do you build something from scratch? Yeah. Um. So in that case of the book, then 
back to your questions and when mm. I think it's also about asking other parents like hey you know um if we had something like that or what do you do to bond with your children mm. uh, and these are questions that I don't think people will ask or think about it was right. it's very much a oh what books do you read what type of categories the surface level them? what do you buy them etc right to us it's Oh, what do you do when you, to bond with your, with your mm. child, for example? And they are sharing their heart, they're pouring their heart out right. about all the challenges that they are facing. Right. Uh, or even questions like, oh, actually sometimes I don't know because like, you know, we are playing mm. the same toys right. all over again, we're reading the same books all over again. Right. Um, and then I'm like, oh, okay, if, if, if there were, what kind of books do you think, you know, would benefit you and your child? Yeah. Right? Or what kind of relationship do you want with your child? Right? Yeah. I think that, that yeah. these are deep questions that, Correct. A parent, if you ask me also, I'll take some time to think about, okay, what kind of relationship would I want with my child? Mm. Um, maybe for me, I would want to become her best friend when she grows up. So she talks to me and we are openly chatting yeah. about things. Um, but other parents might be different, right? Mm. So I think we ask parents questions like that. Mm. Um, and after that, we, we realize that, hey, actually, you know, there is, there, is a, there is a gap where people don't really have this kind of product mm. in their lives. And it's not, it's not just a product already. It's kind of like a social movement, I guess, in a mm. way, because um, this book, A Parent's Promise, was created really to strengthen the bond between right. parent and child. And it was stemmed from our own personal experience because mm. when we wrote it, it was written with our intent to, right. to communicate um, to the parent. It's communicating our awareness about what we do for our children, our roles in all the various mm. aspects from health to safety to being a friend to being a mentor to being a coach etc to remind us that this is our role we're not just a parent to tell them what to do they are their own individual for example that's what we believe in uh, whereas for the child it's also about making them feel secure imagine hearing your parent reading reading like you this book every night before you sleep telling mm. you how they, how much they love you um also telling you about how they're there for you they're your mentor you can come to them you can talk to them we are your coach but we're also your friend right. etc and hearing that consecutively right that will build up the confidence that will help them feel more secure and that will strengthen the bond because we tried that out with our own children mm. um we noticed that different age group would react differently to the book even like for example my son who's two years old he likes the illustration yeah. so he'll be like oh butterfly oh that's me i'm in the garden <laughs> you know so we're like okay yeah. so we discussed that uh, and every night he'll ask me to read him the book mm. and he will tell me oh, i want to read a parent's promise so i say okay right. okay let's Let's do that. And what's interesting is we also see this same pattern in some of our buyers, uh -huh. uh, our customers who bought the book. Yeah, so I will ask them. So typically, because we are a small business, right? So after they buy, I will also ask them and follow up. Hey, you know, have you read the book? Uh, any feedback? How can we improve? Or uh, how has your child reacted to the book? You know? um, and mm -hmm. so some of the parents who, who find this book very useful as a tool, yeah. um, they will tell me like, oh, the, 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 the child asks a lot of questions mm. or the child uh, wants to read that again every night, things right. like that. And that, that makes me very happy because it's like, wow, this tool is very useful, yeah. you know? It's not just a book uh, for the sake of being a pretty book or, you know, being a book that the child likes illustrations only, for example. Mm. So I think that, that really sets us apart then in that sense of what we try to create. Right. Yeah, because our first tool or product in a way was the card game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and even that, um, the card game was a but funny story is the card game was actually a conversation that I had with Adrian, and we were like thinking, hey, as as new parents, this was like three years ago during MCO. As new parents, um, we have a lot of resources, but all of them are like 
serious stuff, you know, like right. books, articles, apps. Yeah. Uh, you know, we subscribe to what, what to do ways. if this happens, what to do, what to do if that happens. <laughs> yeah, right? and, yeah, and then, um, and we thought, as parents, it's really quite stressful. Uh, new parents, yeah. we're trying to figure out everything, uh-huh. you know. I'm sure you, you also go yeah. through that with a new, new, newborn. Yeah, okay. um, and back then, we were like, okay, you know, if we were to do something, what would it be you know, about parenting? What would we want to communicate mm-hmm. about our experience? Because we had then a lot of our friends who were new parents as well, then they would ask us, like, you know, to share some tips or share our experience. And we thought, hey, you know, uh, why don't we gamify the whole parenting experience through mm-hmm. our personal experience? So then we created this card game uh, to teach people what it's like or to simulate parenting experience mm-hmm. as much as possible. La. So in this card game, for example, they are raising kids. They're choosing a kid profile. They're choosing their own profession, just like real life. You have mm-hmm. money, you have time. Right. And then you make decisions in this game, whether it's taking them on a, on a trip out, doing arts and crafts, or whether it's bringing them to the museum, etc. and all that. And what we believe in is really to create something where the parents are very aware of what their kids' strengths are mm-hmm. and to do experiences or expose them to things that they are strong in. Yeah, so I think that's kind of like the little mini social movement that we're trying to right. create. Um, is to expose the kids to things that they are really good at mm-hmm. or to groom them, you know, uh, based on what they're strong in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really special because I think the, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to kind of reach out to you and have you uh, on the show is uh, to also, you know, I think scratch my own curiosity as well, right? Because being a young parent, you know, 11 months old, uh, the things that you spoke about around like, you know, what kind of relationship do I want to have with my son? And and you know the the challenge of uh you know like the you know the the worries about you know what kind of i guess simulating we, we always I, I always simulate like what would my son grow up to be right <laughs> so i guess maybe the nerds is good for me as well to be able to kind of play out the different scenarios and we we are very mindful of wanting to kind of make sure that they have uh i mean he he grows up doing what he wants instead of what we want uh as well right as parents uh, so that's really something really really special i was thinking Along the lines of, like, for example, uh, the, the nerds, for example, right? You've answered actually quite a few questions that I wanted to ask, so thank you for that as well. But really, I think I wanted to ask around, like, um, when it comes to, you know, such a product uh, and, you know, the social movement, right? Um, do you think that actually people are very, just needed the resources and we are all kind of, like, you know, wanting to go into that direction, but we just don't know how? Is that what you're observing or do you see that perhaps there is still a little bit of, a, I guess, you know, educating the market that needs to be done to say like, hey, you know, this is actually pretty cool and this is, this is, this is a really wonderful way of, of you, know, you know, engaging with a with child, for example, right? What are you seeing? Yeah. So I, I'm still learning uh, right. in terms of, um, you know, how to communicate this out. Yeah. Uh, we see so far like, from our pace, pace of um, buyers and customers yeah. and community is, it's something new, mm-hmm. uh, so we are approaching it more as a helping you to learn as you grow kind of approach. Right. So I would say if you were to ask me, nerds, what, what's our mission, right? Um, yeah. It's really to help empower you on a lifelong learning journey, mm-hmm. right? It's from a kid, you're growing, and then for, to an adult, to a parent, etc. How can we provide you the right tools to help you grow and discover and nurture your personal development uh, as an adult, as a parent, as a working adult, etc.? Mm-hmm. Right, so I think in general, at least in Malaysia, like where we are at, yeah. um, it's still new. Uh, it's still new to people. This concept, uh, the mindfulness, even from you know when you're in, I think thoughtful. Yeah. I think the mindfulness aspect, yeah. uh, uh, mental health, um, being very aware, self awareness. All these, are, all these things are quite new, at least to people that I talk to. Yeah. 
um, they don't think about this on top of their mind. It's not something that they just think about constantly, mm. right? It's something yeah. that they would probably think about when you go to them and you ask them, hey, you know, what do you think about this? Uh, so yes, uh, a lot of education is required. And then we talk about how to educate them, yeah. right? Uh, how do you make it exciting for people to be excited about what you do mm. or how you can help them? Yeah. So I, I would approach nerds as more of a, a platform with tools rather than right. products you go and buy, right? Yeah. So uh, when I talk to people, it's like, oh, okay, um, you know, how do you bond with your kid in yeah. that case, right? Uh, um, would you consider having a, a book that talks about your yeah. role in their lives, etc.? And then from there, we discover that, oh, will this help them or will they not, will they not be interested, for example? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, it's an ongoing, uh, ongoing learning uh, and educating and creating that awareness while talking to them. So it's mm-hmm. not something that already is in the market per se. Yeah. Um, but I do see that this is something that is very important, yeah. uh, especially post-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are thinking about, okay, ways to be you know find that more work-life balance mm. uh, mental health is now a, a thing that is no longer a taboo for example people are openly discussing it um, so for us it's we are going down the route of yeah. so nurse is actually short for nurturing mm. and nurturing is about helping people to discover and learn something you know um, so to me is how can we be part of that right. movement how can we create the tools or even whether whether it's product based or whether it's digital content etc mm. how do we create that um, for people and how do we help make a, a little bit of impact or add that value in your life mm. yeah that to me is the, the mission of building this yeah mm. I mean talk to me a little bit about the the, the creative process right like, you know the, the the mission and also I guess the, the movement you're trying to create uh, can sometimes feel like it um, you know it's, it's very aspirational for good reason right and sometimes you you, you kind of like need to bring it down to the, to the to the market and you know find creative ways, you know, to, to, to make them feel like, hey, you know, this is something I want to be part of, right? So when you're creating the nerds, for example, what's that creative process like? Um, I'm, I'm actually quite a big fan of gamification uh, because in my line of work last time also, I, I applied quite a few game, uh, you know, gaming principles as well and the balance of the game, right? Uh, yes, you know, there are a lot of good things you want to, uh, uh, I guess, you know, imp- uh, impart to people, but at the same time, the, the game cannot be broken in a sense, right? So what's that creative process like from the concept to the game mechanics to, you know, producing it, right? You know, walk us through a little bit about that, that process, right? Um, okay, let me try. So, yeah. so I think for us, um, with, the, with at least the products that we have created, very often it is stemmed from a need or a gap like okay you know based on our own personal experience or people that we speak to we realize that hey there is there is a gap for something like this Mm. and then we start thinking deeper about okay if you were to create something like that how do we create it uh and then of course ultimately it has to make sense lah right to Mm. whether as as a commodity or as a service etc right so to us then it's moving on to the next stage of validating it right whether mm. it's talking to a, a group of community or our target audience and asking them about what do they think about this so for the game for example i've held a multiple play test rounds mm. uh small groups or big groups even a group of 40 people for example rented a cafe put them there uh tried different target audience parents as well and yeah. then uh non-parents like yeah. working adults get them to play it and then ask them for their feedback yeah. and then get different profile people even like let's say gamers hardcore hardcore gamers playing it wow. and people yeah. who don't even play card games right. and ask them to try it mm. yeah so then we tried to get as many uh as many different aspects as possible 
to break it, I guess, to mm, say like, hey, you know, yeah. where are the gaps, where are the cracks that we need to fix, right? Yeah. Then after find that, we try poles, to fix. Right? Yeah, find the poles. Yeah. But even then, it's still not perfect, right? Oh, it's still going to be people that you cannot please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah, so for yeah. us, it's, it's doing that. Um, same for the book. I guess the, the card game was a lot more complicated. There's a lot of aspects, balancing the resources, yeah. the, the, and there are 200 over cards. Yeah. And we illustrated every single piece of mm. card, you know, and it took us about almost a year. Wow. To develop everything, mm. uh, to finding the manufacturer, the supplier, uh, and even that itself, it was another tough battle, right? Mm. Looking for the right quality that I right. wanted. But talking about the creative process, it's also about thinking, um, trying to put as much uh, personal experience as well as um, relevant content mm. that would fit the general public, right? Yes. And the masses balancing that. So it's right. no longer just a personal tool, right? right. So how do I how do I benefit this tool for other people as well? And mm. not everyone's going through what you're going through. Mm. Uh, and uh, culture as well is one thing to consider, right? If I'm going to market this content or this product in the US, for example, like this card game, um, when we first launched, mm. we put it on Kickstarter. Right. Yeah. yeah, and we got it funded on Kickstarter mm. in 30 days first wow. to raise funds. Uh, and then we started you know, bringing it to our website.com mm. uh, and then we had right. US buyers, Australian buyers, Netherlands buyers. Wow. Yeah. So what was the goal of the Kickstarter? <laughs> what, is, what was the Kickstarter goal amount at that point of time? I think it was a few thousand dollars, few right. thousand dollars uh, yeah. USD. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, so we just, I think internally my goal was number one, to validate the concept. Yeah. Like, would people actually buy yeah. and want, would be interested in this? Correct. And it's right. a pre-order, right? Mm. But, but to be honest, I've already placed the order. <laughs> <laughs> You're very honest because look, I mean, the amount of horror stories from Kickstarter where the project doesn't happen, right? <laughs> yeah, I already placed the order. Yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. you have to be confident in your product, la, right? Yeah. Um, but internally, I think the, the goal for the Kickstarter was... <laughs> Validation. Uh, was validation. Wow. It wasn't to just raise, raise funds. Yeah. Uh, that was a plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was to validate that this is a product that... Uh, globally or different audience can accept mm. or can understand yeah. so it was very exciting because for the Kickstarter campaign I think at least about half of the 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 backers were US wow. and US yeah. uh, citizens yeah. uh, and then we had Australian backers right. Netherlands backers that's the, so encouraging yeah. yeah very encouraging and, and super excited and, and you have people telling us about how excited they are to have the product wow. uh, and, and so then to me that was a uh, motivation mm. right of, of how do we make this better mm. how do we get this produced faster wow. <laughs> so that, that really motivated me right. um, yeah. so that was really the goal and when we mm. when we got very good feedback that's why I'm like, okay, let's just test it out. Uh, mm. So we tested it out, we printed it, um, and then we fulfilled it, and then we got people to review, play test. Also, right. all that process happened with the card game, at least right. for the first three, first, first quarter, I would say. Right. Yeah. So Kickstarter to actually producing it took another quarter, yes. because it took a, a year, right? <laughs> yeah. I see. yeah, it right. took a year. So in fact, um, I started the card game like way in like last year, yeah. last year, and then by the time it went live on Kickstarter, wow. it was already Q1 this year. Wow. Right, uh, a lot of preparation, and yeah. then finding the right uh, manufacturer to work right. with. Yeah. Um, so I've tried local uh, printers. I've right. tried China printers, yeah. overseas printers, and then we tested a few. Yeah. We got feedback as well. We brought the the different types of cuts to go yeah. to the printers, ask people wow. to touch it. Which cut do you like? Yeah. You know, and then we had so many feedback about how oh, this one is too smooth. <laughs> uh, this is too thin. This one can scratch easily, etc. Oh, so all that was yeah. part of the learning curve for me. Mm. Um, and then we finally found something that everybody could agree on. Like, okay, oh. <laughs> okay, this this one not too not too hard. Cannot scratch easily, etc. Wow. Uh, waterproof. If you mm. someone you know uh, pours water oh, yeah, on it, yeah, right? yeah, that's important when you're playing card games, right? Sure, so yeah. we we had to think about all that aspect. 
Sure. Uh, and then finding a manufacturer that you're comfortable with as well is very important. Right. So then um, we found one. Yeah. Curious whether, whether that's local, whether Malaysian was, Malaysia power is able to produce it, right? Or well, we had to end up with overseas, which is also fine, right? Yeah, so yeah. We, we tried both. Uh, in the end, for mass production, we went with overseas. overseas. Uh, also reason because um, in terms of the quality, like something like this, Right. Um, locally, the machine that they need and all that, they don't really have that. Oh, have yeah, that. they don't really have that. Um, and timeline to produce a bulk order, a few thousand, or etc. It's mm. not it's not as fast as we would like to as well. Um, so a lot of aspects. Uh, right. And I think because overseas uh, manufacturer might also have the experience dealing with European board games, card games, because mm. card games are huge, right, in the European market. Yes. So they are a lot more experienced. So they can yeah. teach me a thing or two. So uh, give me tips on, yeah, like, oh, okay, uh, this material is good, this yeah. size is good, blah, 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 right? And, and, and Your printing is too close to the border. Right? Yeah, yeah. Or the margins, or like, right? oh, yeah. majority of uh, card game, European card game uses this kind of material. And you try to create something that is on par, right? right. Even though we are a new card game. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Agreed, and, yeah. and I think what's very important, like uh, a first-time customer for us, yeah. When they touch and feel the box, yeah. you know, they can, they know the quality, the first impression is very important. Yeah. And I think I learned that from outside. Yeah. I learned that from outside, right? Yeah, That's yeah, something yeah. that I, I, otherwise I would never have known because I've always worked with platforms, right? Yeah. Like whether it's Shopee or nothing. Mm. Um, so outside taught me also that, hey, you know, first impression matters, quality matters. So yeah. don't go and, you know, cut corners and, and give people like poor quality because mm. after that, you know, they may not like your product. They don't trust you anymore. And that trust is very important to build yeah. from day one. So I try as much as possible, even if the margins are slightly smaller, it's okay mm. to, to, to build that trust and that yeah. at least the first experience is very important. Mm. And onward, yeah, all our products are yeah, yeah, yeah. good quality. I agree, I agree. Like, you know, the, this reminds me that I actually bought a set of conversation prompts or kind of like a card game uh, from Kickstarter as well. Uh, and it was really, I was trying to kind of have deeper conversations with my wife, right? Uh, so, you know, it's just basically like you don't want to talk about the same old, same old. Uh, so we, we actually, tr I actually bought like a few packs just to see what kind of conversations that we can have. Uh, so it's, it's really encouraging to see like, you know, such a simple tool can impact so many uh, uh, people, right? I, I'm curious in terms of when it comes to like impactful stories, right? Is there one that you uh, remember very distinctively from your customer or community member that you could share that perhaps, you know, really just inspired you to really just continue on this journey, right? Uh, we have a couple. Right. Um, I think from, from the first few customers that we had, mm. those were very, very memorable special, to me. It's very yeah. special, right? Yeah. I remember the first customer, uh, she found us on Instagram, wow. right? And then she pinged me and she bought three Nerds card game at right. one shot. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I was not very, someone you know, right? And it's not someone I know. Yeah, it's not yeah, friends yeah. or family, yeah. right? So to me, it was like, wow, okay. I, I so I reached out to her yeah. and then I asked her about what you know like what drove her to buy three, three boxes right? at one yeah. go, and and this was a, a mom you know she was a mom and she you know and then we had that conversation and I personally went to deliver the the products to her and then to kind of understand right and mm. and and to her she so she was just um trying to you know play play the game with her girlfriends or with other moms so she was telling me oh we have uh, play dates. You know, we have playdates, very typical of uh, young parents. We have playdates among different family households. Mm. So to make it more exciting, we also decided to, you know, bring card games, board games, and we decided to host and play. So they thought that, you know, parenting made fun, right, as a card game, that would be very suitable for nice. their, their game, right. game night, right? So I thought, yeah, so that was interesting. That was the first, first few customers. Wow. Then I think the, the book was really more of the heartwarming ones. Yes. Yeah, yeah the book was really more heartwarming yeah. because when we started off, I actually... 
uh, also gave it out to a few of our community members to get their responses or to get their feedback, honest feedback, right? And I gave it to them and I asked them to um, read this, right? Uh, read this and tell me what, what you think. Um, so I think, I think about one that was really, I think one really stood out for me was, I think, Joanna, um, one of, one of uh, a friend of mine. So she gave um, the book, uh, read the book, Every night, I think, to her, her children. I think she's got uh, two kids. And I think she also texted me and said, you know, I, I teared when I, when I read the, the wow. content. Uh, yeah. And then I was like, wow, okay, you know, like, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so she I, said, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she said, yeah, it's very, very, it's very, very personal, you know, wow. and she could relate to it because she is my target audience. And mm. I created it from my own experience hoping to connect that and people who are going through the same life stage, right? right? It can relate to it. And she yeah. was one of them. And so she told me, like, I really yeah. teared. And th- this is such a good product. I really like the book, you know, and, and you know, and mm. it really touched her, right? Um, so we have a lot. And she's just one example. Uh, there are a lot of parents who have bought the book and told me different, different stories about yeah. how maybe the toddler only want to read the book at night and only want the parent to read with... Because this book yes. was created for the parent and child to read together. together yeah. yeah, so it is the whole point, right? So yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, that's it the whole point. purpose. Exactly, sense, right? yeah. exactly. So, so we have that. Um, and also at the same time, we, we don't really fix on when you should read the book right here, okay? Yeah. Um, but it is kind of... I, I realise people read, the, read it for a bedtime routine. So uh, very often, bedtime routine, the child wants the comfort of the parent. Yeah. So you are bonding, and then you're reading this book. They feel even more secure. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of some some of the feedback that we've gotten now. Yeah. The most recent one that is very memorable to me yeah. was last weekend. We had uh we had a booth at Jaya One. Yeah. Right. Uh, it was for two days, and then next to me was uh one of our partner uh what well, her son was selling Pokemon uh-huh. Pokemon um toys. Yeah. And then his son was I think Aiden t- was ten years old. He's ten. Right. He's ten years old. Right. And I asked him, oh, why are you running the store? Uh, and then he said, oh, because I'm trying to save up for my Japan trip. Wow. Yeah, so um, <laughs> uh, so I, I was very impressed. Mm. He's 10 years old trying to sell something to earn uh, enough money. To so go that, to Japan? Yeah, wow. to go to Japan or yeah. to buy more Pokemons in Japan. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. That, that's, that's definitely the aim. If yeah. I'm 10 years old saving up to go to Japan, I want more Pokemon, man. And then you know what happened? <laughs> when yeah. the, on Sunday, when the, it was the last day of the, yeah. the sale or the, or the booth, right? Yeah. He came in front of my booth yeah. and then he took out all his revenue, all his uh-huh. money, all the, all the cash. Yeah. And then he said, I want to buy a Nerds card game. Oh my god. Yeah. Hearing that story, I want to cry as well. My goodness. He's a 10-year-old who sat there. So because during the two days, uh, he was also, we had a booth for people to play. Wow. So he played the game. Okay. He played the game. He's only 10 years old. He, he won so many rounds. He really wow. liked it. So he played the game. And then he kept telling the mom, like, yeah. oh, I want to buy. I want yeah. to buy. Can you buy it for me? <laughs> then the mom said, like, you have to work and earn your own, wow. earn, earn your own income. Good on the mom as well, right? Yeah. yeah. So good, good on the mom. Um, so... Yeah, then, then as we were towards the end of the day already, then he suddenly came to my booth. I'm like, oh, Aiden, like, you know, what's yeah. up? La? Then he said, I want to buy. I, I finally got enough money oh from my Pokemon sale to buy the, the card came. So I was like, oh my god. <laughs> you know, I was yeah. very, very... I mean, I've been at booths before and you know the amount... It's so hard to make a sale, right? It's all about... To me, sometimes it's more about awareness than anything. Uh, obviously, if you have a superb product things can be very different. But for him to, oh, wow. Yeah, so this one was very memorable. Yeah, he used all his revenue. And then I felt so bad after that. <laughs> so, 
Do you give him a discount or not? <laughs> yeah, 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 you got discount. I told, I told Dora, Dora, if you're hearing this, yeah, I told Dora, like, you know what, maybe I should make him a little affiliate, you know? Yeah. Like, let him earn, let him earn <laughs> for his Japan trip after yeah. buying our card game. Maybe uh, he could, you know, have an affiliate link or something to, 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 to push Nerds wow. products and tools and he can earn yeah. and we can, you know, um, make him one of our ambassador or something to, 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 to push um, the card yeah. game that he really likes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was the most recent, I think, that, that yeah. stuck with me because like you know just me telling you you feel it right of course i mean like hey you won you won over pokemon pokemon <laughs> is su- it's probably the biggest gaming franchise in the world with so much money at their disposal obviously they know how to create very attractive games right because i'm a big fan of their card games and all that kind of stuff as well so for you to be able to win a 10 year old over pokemon my goodness you know i'm i'm now excited to play the so thank you so much uh you know aiden right yes. yeah so aiden if you're listening to this i I'm gonna buy a nerds game after this, you know. I'm gonna use your affiliate link, right? <laughs> there you go. You got one sale already. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so that that I think that that would be wow. the most memorable, at least yeah. the most recent. Thanks for sharing that. I think you know, having been on a career break myself, right? Hearing this kind of story and you know, having uh, an eleven month old son. You know, sometimes I've asked myself whether I wanted to try entrepreneurship, to be honest, right? Because I have a lot of, you know, very supportive friends that would like to encourage me to do so as well. Um, you know, partly also because, like, you say, hey, you know what? You seem like you can do it, right? So um, I wanted to ask you, like, um, obviously, we need to consider the demands of, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the demands of starting a business and the parent that I want to be. I want to be a, a, a very involved and present uh, father, right? Mm-hmm. And therefore, you know, obviously it becomes more daunting. So I want to ask you, like, how do you manage the demands of all this, right? Throughout all this and then, you know, having like three children at the same time. How do you do it, right? Yeah. You're not the first one to ask yeah. me. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot, um, it takes a lot of uh, self-motivation also, I feel. Right. Uh, and it takes a lot of um, supportive friends and family. Mm. Yeah, so especially my, my husband is very supportive. Right. Um, and having him to assure me that, hey, you know what, like, we, we'll always make it work. Uh, we'll always find ways to make it work. Um, that, that pushed me further. Um, my easiest answer is, like, Nike's logo, I right? just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, I think it's a lot about, um, from my past experience working in startups, right, it's just, just right. do it and then figure it out and just keep learning, keep going. And then having that... Um, Having the goal, knowing what you want to achieve, right. uh, not being afraid to fail, try again, tweak right. different me- methods, etc. That 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 has kept me on my toes. Right. And that has kept me going. Right. Yeah. So so uh, it, it wasn't something that I suddenly thought of. I want to be a kind of entrepreneur right, or just right. build something. It's right. it it started off as a a an idea that we had, and then hey, you know, there are good good feedback. Right. And then what's the next tool that we will create? And as we created more and more, and we had more and more feedback from community and the impacts that we're making, then we're like, oh, okay, this actually this can be something bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then we started creating more. And right. that, that's kind of how it started. Uh. I see. Do you think about, to go a little bit deeper on that, right? Do you think about, I guess, like fail safe, for example? Like, yes, you know, take, take you know, calculated risks, you know, just if you have an idea, go and try it out, validate it, right? But behind that, right, that kind of planning, right, that often people don't talk about, right? what kind of things do you kind of put in place to say like, okay, with that in place, I can go and try, or do you not think about it, right, you know, either way, you know, different people have different journey, I'm just curious in terms of like, how do you go about it, right, yes, you know, like, just, just do it, but around that, do you need to kind of set, set in place certain things before you go, right, because it's quite different 
I would I would imagine compared to let's say like for example I'm 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 in my twenties I'm single and, and and you know I have all the energy in the world, uh, versus now right I think the demands is very different so I'm curious in terms of that right. Mm. Um. So I think I think yes I take calculated risk I don't just jump in. Yeah. Uh, that that would scare me. Yeah. yeah so I I do. Uh. Of course we will work out on um uh, the plans very important but like I say plans don't always work work out yeah. as you as you want to so be flexible. Um, projections, right? Mm-hmm. Looking at uh, financial yeah, financial projections. Yeah. Uh, and nerds for nerds, I, I self funded myself, right? And then uh, we have a partner right now. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's also having the projection, looking at where you're going, and then looking at whether you're on track, right? right. And what's the breaking even point, etc. Mm-hmm. Do we need to raise funds, etc. So having that in mind would make me feel more secure, knowing that I have I'm on track, right? right? Or if I'm not on track, what will I do? Mm-hmm. Um, so all that has been thought through at least right. um, when I'm planning the right. the business, initially, yeah, initially. Right. Do you give yourself like, let's say like for example, you know, I, I feel like this could be a great idea. Let me give myself maybe like a six to nine months, right? If it doesn't happen by, if, if, if let's say X doesn't happen by six months, then perhaps I need to change up the idea, reconsider something, you know, do you think about all those things, right? Yes, of course. Right. Of course. Like, so for me, uh, I have roadmaps and the roadmaps keep changing, man, you know, of like course. based on the roadmaps keep changing. It's like, okay, you know what we're going to do, what we're going to build, right? So now that we are a little bit, uh, uh, you know, we have, more feedback and a bigger community then i'm able to also look at the data sets and say okay you know this works this not working then i'm planning towards what's working and scaling what i can within my means right so uh yes i have certain milestones i wouldn't say time frame per se but i would have milestones to say okay if we achieve this then we know that this is working and then we are going to do this next yeah. steps for example um and I think all that is very important for anybody uh, who wants to go into this journey. Uh, don't go in blindly, yeah. right? Uh, uh, unless you're, you have a very deep pocket. <laughs> so for me, I don't, right? Yeah. So for me, it's, everything is uh, self-funded. Yeah. So uh, I have to make sure that right. you know, I, I make it work. Right. Yeah. Do you think like, because there, there, there are a few, I guess, numbers thrown around in a sense, right? If let's say you want to try something, make sure you have, I don't know, like one and a half years runway, two years runway to take care of your commitment, right? Do you think there's a, there's a kind of like a range that you would recommend? I think that it's very subjective for the, the kind of business you're going into, right? Yeah, right. yeah. If it's a franchise business, totally different, right? right. Uh, if it's a D2C business, what kind of products, what kind of category, do you need to do consignment? Is yeah. it going to be holding stock, producing mm. yourself? So very, very different. Right. Um, so I don't really have a range per se. Um, but you kind of know, right, whether you're working on it on your own, what, right. what your basic commitments are, can mm. you afford to uh, no at least a two year runway I would say, right? right. Um if if Generally, yeah if you don't speaking, yeah right. if you don't get any income at all for yeah. two years, how long can you know can can this work? I right? See. Yeah. Right. So I have that number in mind and what is that what is that benchmark or what is that max that you can stretch to, right? And if this doesn't happen in that max, what's the backup plan? Mm. Yeah. And I think today, um at least from what I see, right, um, a lot of people have their own businesses or side income or side gigs. Right. It's very common today. So I would recommend that anybody who is thinking about it to just do it, mm. uh, try it. You never know, right? Um, right. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's my personality. It's yeah. just, just, just try it, right? Mm. You never know. Yeah. Right. So even if it's something that's secondary income, it's still great. At least you're trying it, right? Mm. So, you know, the nerds is not your first stint. You know, I saw that you obviously uh, started something else, which is in real life uh, media. And uh, it was, you know, acquired, right? Which is... Uh, tell me a little bit about that, right? Like, I think you, you, that was what, two years in the making until you, yes. until you got acquired, right? Yes. Um, were there any, how was that, looking back, right? How was it when starting it until like, you know, you, you got acquired, any kind of like lessons learned that you brought forward to the nerds or it's like totally different, right? 
for sure got lessons. Yeah. <laughs> it's never a smooth journey. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So, so uh, when I was building, so in real life was also very much a passion-led uh, interest and idea first. Yeah. Um, so I, I've, I've, I'm a big uh, lover of content, right? Yeah. So I built a content site that was very much like a medium.com or talk catalog for locals. And in real life, was the, the purpose behind it was very similar to Nerds in that sense where I want people to inspire each other yeah. through their personal journey. Mm. Uh, but in that way, it's through content, right? Mm. Personal story. So I started it off as like a blog, right? right. And then gotten people to submit their stories. And unlike any publication, mm. uh, you don't really need someone to actively edit the story, mm. right? Because it's personal it's pieces, be right? Yeah. yeah, it's supposed to be genuine and you don't really edit someone's life yes. story, right? right. So, so we've got a lot of um, different types of content from drug stories, from the jail, from jail writing, wow. writing it, or to yeah. like somebody who is uh, a, a sugar baby uh-huh. yeah, to yeah. totally different, all kinds of walks of life, right? Yeah. We don't judge, but of course, it's very interesting. Yeah. So to me, it's how do I share this story out? Uh-huh. And uh, there wasn't any any platform, right? Like that, that, that people yeah. can just go to and say, hey, I want to write a story. And they could submit their own stories on the platform. Right. And then we had our own uh, writers who go and interview people as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah so... Um, the learning there is authenticity also, again, oh, yes. right? Being authentic, yeah. um, personal experience, very important. Yeah. Uh, but as a business, then I also learned a lot, right? Because that one mm. was very much a, a traffic and numbers game, right? Mm. Because the bigger the publication, then maybe brands will come and work with you, advertise on your platform, yeah. etc. Yeah. Uh, the business model was definitely something that was already proven in the, in the market. I, I know that it can work. Yeah. Uh, but it does take a lot of effort and a lot of resources to scale it, right? So at peak, I think we were at about... 100k 100k visits a month wow. around there right uh and so we we had to consistently keep the, generating yeah. and keep hitting that and yeah. it just became that that kind of game ball game right, right. Uh, so yeah. i i ran it for about two years until mco and then yeah. we uh we got acquired uh yeah. from world of us and influencer right. uh, i think that uh really fit in uh very well because to me it's either you you uh set up your own big media com- conglomerate or yeah. publication company and start building more and more yeah. platforms or you just work with uh, somebody who's already in the market, part right? It, yeah. yeah, be part of it. And yeah. I think that it made sense to right. us at the time because how do we grow beyond that, right? Mm. From 100k to 1 million, for yeah. example, is by working with people who are... Yeah, exactly. Power. Yeah, like so, so even simple aspects from video producer to right. more writers to uh, ramping up the stories uh, to uh, marketing resources... Mm. They had all that, right? So right. to me, it made sense. And it was um, it was like a little baby for me, right? Like mm. the IRL was, uh, I want to see it work. I want to see this um, platform being used by more people, right. right? And so it made sense for me and it, they would be able to help me scale it further, right. which otherwise I wouldn't be able to because I was still working full-time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy because like, I think it has inspired, I, I guess, more similar types of, of, of uh, I guess, you know, channels, like for example, Malaysia Pay Gap, for example, is you can gotten so popular. They also run a similar style in a sense that, you know, people are really just telling their stories, right? Uh, and, you know, talking about in real life itself, I recently just wrote, uh, read an article from there that was like super, you know, interesting because it was the one that talked about how the boss actually begged uh, an employee to come back after, after, after he or she resigned. Mm-hmm. And the way the story was was laid out, my goodness, it was really, really very interesting. So I think, you know, uh, I think the legacy continues in terms of really just making sure that, you know, people uh, uh, is, is genuine, right? At least it, it, it appears to be genuine and I hope it's genuine as well. Um, I, I think, you know, looking forward, right, it's, it's 
uh, talking about legacy because I, f- I felt like you know the, the things that you've built in terms of in real life and also the nerds it, it really has a kind of like hopefully a sustained impact and, and legacy right so I was, I'm thinking I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like what kind of legacy do you hope to kind of live through nerds right what kind of impact do you want to you know achieve right yeah um, so I think when I think about it from a a, a, a big picture point of view yes, right yeah. it's very much um I hope that nerds as a platform with whatever resources or tools that we build would be able to help add value in people's lives uh, through their personal growth or at least um, whether as a parent or as working adult, etc. Whether in different aspects of their lives to help nurture them in that aspect, right? And at the same time, I think learning, um, take for example, um, if you look at learning today in, 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 in Malaysia, right. uh, it's very much academic focus road and it's learning. road learning and it's yeah. literally preschool to primary school to secondary school yeah. to college to uni after university you're on your own <laughs> literally right you're yeah. on your own and if you want to learn some more you're on your own you decide lah, right yeah. so to me it's about also closing that gap right on how do we support people who are first jobbers mm. people who are going through difficulties in their life or people who are just seeking help or assistance and finding tools to make make it easier uh, and make it fun. So making learning fun is also quite important to me. Yes. Because I think you know people always associate learning with ah yeah you know, <laughs> uh homework uh boring must be you know again, this again, this yeah. No, to me it's yeah. like like nerds the game yeah. the book etc. Everything that we try to create it has to be fun. Fun. Yeah. Uh, and convey a value that we're trying to convey right. Yeah. So trying to make learning fun uh is very important as well. Right. And the idea is to have nerds as a platform that will empower lifelong learning. And lifelong learning is very, very different from traditional learning method because mm. lifelong learning is literally you're learning at your own pace uh, and it doesn't cover just academics. It covers any aspect of your life. If you want to, you feel like you are, you know, you need help in this area, mm. like self-confidence or yeah. mental health or yeah. etc. There is something for you, mm. right? And as um, I think as a, as a woman myself who is a mom of three, I think we're, I'm still constantly learning myself. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, I'm still learning. As a marketer, I'm still learning as right. well. So I think I don't. I, I believe that people are always learning yes. as they grow, yeah. right? And so nerds as a platform, the legacy that I want to build is then one day you know people could come into the platform and find something that they can use or, or play or learn something on the platform, um, and that's what we're trying to build. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully this will be something people will find useful rather than just a commodity that is uh, selling something to you, uh, I would want them to be able to find the value in the tools that we create. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's, that's super uh, important because I think, again, you know, being, being a young parent of a, to an 11-month-old son, I, you know, I can relate to a lot of what you say in terms of, um, you know, it's very, I, I think what we want for our children is similar in a sense that, you know, you talk about, you know, a promise, uh, uh, you know, a parent's promise, right? Um, the the kind of message that you want to really have that bond with. I my I credit this to my wife. Uh, she found this set of books where it talks about how the different ways that we love you, you know, as a as a kid, right? Uh, uh, you know, and we we kind of use that on our daily basis and you know at night as well and stuff okay. like that. So even though he he does not understand, he's more interested in flipping the pages now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I felt like you know it's still important for them to you know to be able to 
uh, have that messaging and also have that uh, I guess that routine with us as right. well, right? right? So yeah, I'm I'm hoping that the day that he understands more, that he'll start asking questions like some of your, your exactly my target audience. Precisely, <laughs> you you found at, at the very least you have found another customer today. <laughs> but so you know, I'm 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 really glad that you know um you know someone like you uh you know in Malaysia is is trying to do this right. as well. Um, so coming to that, I think you know I. I'm also learning. Uh, I, I, I hope that, you know, to be able to get more perspective as well. So to amplify your, your impact, uh, you know, I've came up with this hypothetical question uh, to kind of perhaps, you know, conclude the, the, towards the end of our segment, right? Um, if you can change every parent's phone wallpaper for a day, right? Or maybe for a month, I don't know, right? What will you have it say? Or show? If there was a saying that I would put, it would be, yeah, so believe you can and you're halfway there. It means right. it's the mindset. As long as you believe that you can do it, you're already halfway there. You just have to keep going. Right. Yeah. In any aspect of life, I believe that as long as you have the intention and the intention is right, the motivation, just keep going and you, you eventually get there. Mm, yeah. I think, I think that's, that's really true because uh, I think... When, when, I, when, I, when I go through this whole parenting journey, right, I felt like a lot of it is actually about us as well. As mm. parents. Oh, a lot, for sure. Right? So there's definitely a lot of self-doubt. There's a lot of, like, I guess, self-criticism. So what you say around, like, you know, belief that you can, you're already halfway there. Uh, it's so encouraging. So imagine, like, you know, every time you open your, you, know, you switch on your phone and, you know, that's what it says. I think, I think that's pretty impactful. Yeah. So, you know, Rachel, thank you so much for uh, inviting me to your home. This is as real as it gets, yes. right? Coming into your house and, you know, like, you know, having all kinds of, you know, activities happening on the background. You know, I hope that uh, we are also, uh, you know, we manage to kind of portray the genuine aspect of, you know, us having a conversation as well. So, um, you know, really thank you so much for being on the show. It, it was such a fun chat with you, Rachel. It was. Thank you so much, Emily. Thanks for having me.